Latin. I, it's, is there not another iconic intro? I mean, once you hear that first guitar lick come through, you already know what song it is. You already know that Guns N' Roses are about to beat your head in with rock and roll. And tonight, it is that night. It is Guns N' Roses live from the American Airlines Center in 2021, almost 22, and we got the full band together, the original band. I, I, I am beyond excited. Now, I need to tell you something. I am not at the concert yet. This is an intro. Before I head out to the concert, I just wanted to do a, a little intro before I get down there and do the live Guns N' Roses podcast. I'm stoked. I, I am, I'm kind of shaking right now. I'm kind of a bit of a nerd. I have been a Guns N' Roses fan since the end of seventh grade, going into eighth grade. I have loved Guns N' Roses. I'm 42 years old. That is one of those bands. We all have those bands that we just love. That they, you know, it might've been the Beatles, might've been Zeppelin, Queen, could have been, you know, you could have artists like Billy Joel, Elton John, the Eagles, Fleetwood Mac, you know, I don't know, Hall and Oates, those, those bands that people just, you stick with and you're like, that's my band. Guns N' Roses has lasted the test of time. And not everything they've done has been great. Some of it hasn't been that good, but Guns N' Roses is here. And mind you, they were coming last year during this chaos. And I purchased tickets to the Guns N' Roses tour because I had to see Axel and company again. I had to see the band back together again. I had to see Slash. I had to see Duff. I had to see all of them back on stage again. Especially since after all the turmoil they went through and splitting up and, and, and everything. So I bought tickets. Now, we all know what happened the summer of 2020. If there was one, we all know what happened the year of 2020. <laughs> we all, if there was a year. And unfortunately that concert got canceled, but they said they were going to reschedule and they gave you an option. You could hang on to your tickets or you could refund them. I held on. I, Cause I'm that guy. I learned my lesson from when I missed them back in eighth grade and I missed out on catching that drumstick because I had the flu. I was going. So I held on to them. They announced when they were coming back a few months ago, I'd say about four months ago, they were announced when they were coming back to Dallas. And I redeemed it. it. Literally the same seats. All I had to do was log in, redeem, boom, I got the same seats. And here it is. The day is finally here. And it's crazy to me because I just got, I think it was Time Hop or something. Maybe it was a Facebook memory. I feel like it was probably time out. Who knows? But I got a notification just uh, just a few days ago, actually. I think it was, uh, yeah, it was about three days ago. And the title, I had shared this and tagged my buddy Ken because he's equally, I don't, you know what? He might argue with me, but I don't think he's equally a Guns N' Roses fan like I am. I think it's pretty darn close. I think I'm a smidge higher than him, and I'm going to take that useless bragging point just because I want to but it was announced that Slash and it said ex Guns N' Roses guitarist says he reconciled his relationship with the band singer Axl Rose his quote was it was probably way overdue he said in a Swedish interview six years ago six 
years ago, I posted that. And I said to Ken in that post, I think it was on Facebook, wow, could they do new material? Could they get back together? And they did. It took them a while, but they got back together. They did a couple shows and then they disappeared again. And they would, uh, you know, kind of do some mega shows in Japan, but that was it. They started doing solo projects. But then they announced that they were coming back around again. And here we are. They're back and I'm going. And that was six years ago that I just posted that. Or when I posted that, I shared it a couple of days ago and here I am. I mean, just unbelievable the timing of it all. And now I get to go see them. And it's crazy because I've seen Guns N' Roses before. If you've listened to any of the other Life of an Average Joe podcasts, and I was talking about music and, and things like that. I've seen them before. I saw them when Axel was doing the whole Chinese democracy. Now, the first time I saw him with the Chinese democracy tour, and I, and I got to say, a lot of people gave that album grief. Because, at number one, it took so long for Axel to come out and do something. And it, 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 it took him a long time as he kept on saying, hey, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I, I remember hearing about it. I remember him. He wrote a new track for it on the End of Days soundtrack. That was that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Gabriel Byrne. I don't know what his name was. Um, but it was it was basically about the Antichrist. It was actually a really awesome movie. It was kind of like a horror action movie. If you haven't seen End of Days, you need to go see it. It was one of Schwarzenegger's, in my opinion, most underrated movies. Great soundtrack, too. But Guns N' Roses came out with a new song on that soundtrack, and it was with Axel's new band, you know, Buckethead and whatever that DJ's name was. And I think Izzy was in it, but it was basically a new band. And it was the first song they did, and it sounded pretty good. I mean, it wasn't my favorite, but it sounded pretty good. But he kept on talking about Chinese democracy. There was an interview with Trent Reznor in Rolling Stone magazine back when they used to, you know, be something. And he was talking about how he was at this party in L.A., a club or something. And he was talking to Axel. And I think he was working on some stuff with Axel. And um, he was talking about, I'm, I'm looking at my notes right now, so sorry. And he was talking about how Axel has all this, this material. And Trent Reznor said, look, you got to get this stuff out there. This is really good stuff. But Axel's such a weird guy and perfectionist narcissistic perfection perfectionist so what did that tell you that he just wouldn't release it he wasn't ready yet finally axel decided to release chinese democracy i thought the album was good actually it took me a while to get into it i thought it had a really like musically and and the way they put it together it was great axel did a couple things with his voice that were different obviously because he's damaged his voice for so long over the years and he's getting older um, it was a little bit different. It wasn't that I didn't like it. It was just different because this was a new Axel. But overall, I thought, man, this has got potential. It showed me that the writing and the talent was still there. And I was very excited about it. And, and then I remember playing it on Rock Hero or Guitar Hero and then uh, Rock Band. They had the whole album of Guns N' Roses, uh, Chinese Democracy. So as we played it, you know, playing the fake drums and all that. We got into it. And I went and saw them. And it was a fun tour. It wasn't great, but it was fun. 
I mean, saw him a second time at the Chinese Democracy Tour, and this time was with a really crappy band that opened up for him. And then it was Sebastian Bach of Skid Row. Sebastian Bach killed it. And then Axel came out, and he was great. And the band was great. The concert was great. They did new, old, awesome. And then Sebastian Bach came out and did some songs with uh, Axel, and it was, it was awesome. And I was like, okay, like this is my last opportunity to see Guns N' Roses. You know, I did it. I got to see him. I'm okay. And now this. This once-in-a-lifetime opportunity came up. There's no way I was going to let COVID, and I'm still not going to let any variant stop me from going to this concert. And so here we are. But what was cool, you know, when you think about Guns N' Roses, if you're not a Guns N' Roses fan, I understand. It's not for everybody. But when you think about what Axel did, I mean, when they put out that User Illusion 1 and 2, that was, I mean, two albums back to back in that period of time, recorded them straight through. We're talking a year of music. Because let's not forget, just down the street, literally, Metallica was recording the Black Album. And that came out right after Guns N' Roses' Usual Illusion 1 and 2. Really, it, I could probably look it up, but it was within the same month, I would say. I, I'm, I'm 99% positive. I don't think it was the same day, and I could be wrong. That was a long time ago. But that's where we were at with rock and roll. But Axel was about, I mean, when you listen to Paradise City and Welcome to the Jungle, those are rock songs. I mean, our theme song, our entrance song, I'm excited, guys. You got to bear with me. Our entrance, when we were in South Line High School and our football team, they came out to Welcome to the Jungle. Our football you know, field was called the Jungle. When you drive by South Line High School, it says the jungle, welcome to the jungle on it, because we were the South Lion Lions. It came out, we came out to welcome to the jungle. It played every Friday night. And that song to this day is still a ballad. Uh, just a, not a ballad, a rock powerhouse song. And then you have Paradise City. I mean, their album was called Appetite for Destruction because guess what? It was a destructive album, Mr. Brownstone. Uh, My Way, Paradise City, My Michelle, Night Train. And then, of course, you know, Sweet Child of Mine was on there. The more mellow version, which, by the way, he wrote at a, at a truck stop and, like, on the back of a napkin. So there you go. But you think about what they did when they came out with User Illusion 1 and 2. It was a, master, a masterpiece not only from a rock level, but, but a lyric level. I mean, Axel really wrote these stories. November Rain and Estranged, Don't Cry. Even Coma was like 11 minutes. That was a story. He had some other great songs on there too, obviously, but it really showed that they were here to stay. Now, unfortunately, they weren't here to stay after that. After User Illusion 1 and 2, they did that weird cover album, The Spaghetti Incident. Which I never, I didn't hate the fact that they did that. I just hated the fact that that was the cover up. Like that was the follow-up album. But it was a follow-up album because there was so much turmoil in the band. And, I, and I'm not going to get into history of that. But they did some good songs on there. We had some good, but they were all covers. I mean, Charles, or Axel even did a Charles Manson song that Charles Manson wrote. Which was always weird to me. 
Axel went and visited Charles Manson in prison multiple times. Just trippy on its own. But then shortly after that, the band was done. And I thought Guns N' Roses were over. Fast forward to today, September 1st, 2020. And I'm going down to the American Airlines Center to see them. It's going to feel weird being in a, in a, in a post-COVID, current COVID concert. It's the first time I've been down to Dallas in a long time. But we're going, and I'm excited about it. And uh, I'm excited to see what they do. Because I know they're going to have some new stuff. Because they do have a new song out called Absurd. And I've only heard it once, so I can't, I can't exactly say if I like it or hate it. But we'll see what happens. And I'm not expecting Axel to sound perfect. But I am hyped. I'm going to be that guy that wastes money on a t-shirt, buys something for my son, buys a poster. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to waste too much money. But I'm going to have fun. So continue listening. I'm going to get heading down to the uh, American Airlines Center. We're going to do, uh, we're going to talk to some fans. I've got some other things lined up. Pretty excited. We'll see what, and no, none of the band members are going to be on this podcast. There's a 99.9% chance that they will not be on this podcast. But there's always that 1%. And if the dollar store version of Ryan Seacrest can make it happen, I can make it happen. So, But no, I'm excited. So we're going to check it out. But I just wanted to give you a little background on Guns N' Roses, get you hyped for the concert. And uh, maybe you don't care. <laughs> maybe nobody will listen to this, except for like the three people that I talked to about at Guns N' Roses still. <laughs> but no. I'm going to head on down, and uh, next time you hear from me in part two, I'll be live from the Guns N' Roses concert at American Airlines Center. We made it, guys. The Life of an Average Joe podcast is in Dallas uh, in front of American Airlines Center. $30 to park. I have it. Can you believe that? $30. Now, part of that is because a lot of the places that I normally park at aren't, they accept cash or they're closed. And I don't think they're but even the places that accept cash are 20 bucks, and they're blocks away. A lot of the places just aren't allowing you to park there anymore. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. This is the first event that I've been to in Dallas since the pandemic started. And yeah, remember, I bought these tickets almost two years ago, and then they stopped, and you know the world shut down. But I'm right across. I'm about to get out and go to the American Airlines Center, get in line. I saw a semi-truck of Guns N' Roses Roses merchandise that was outside, so I don't know if they're selling it inside, so I'm going to hit that up. Um, They're doing uh, specific posters just for each city, and I saw the one for Dallas, it looked pretty cool. But I'm really, I'm looking at these apartments. you got one, two, three, four, five, six floors. And this particular apartment, one of them, $2,200 a month. Now you're going to sit there and say, all right, Brandon, but you're downtown, you're in the heart of the city. But you're facing a parking lot, and you're facing the DART, which is our rail system, and you're facing a freeway. So my patio, I get to look at nothing. I'm sure these apartments are nice based on what I can see. I should probably stop looking in the window because of this. But I said before, I probably should stop looking in the window. I'm not living in this little quadra-separate section of... I saw the semi-truck of Guns N' Roses merchandise, so I don't know if they're selling any inside, but we're going to check. We're going to get out of the car right now. We're heading over to the Guns N' Roses merchandise.
Well, wow, that was a concert. And if you can tell from my voice, my voice is not only deeper, but going. (laughs) I have lost my voice from that epic Guns N' Roses concert. Three and a half hours of music from Guns N' Roses. Um, Opener was uh, Mammoth Wolfgang, uh, you know, Wolfgang uh, Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen's son's band. Uh, Really cool to see him, actually, because I'm not... I, I'm ne- I'm one of those guys who's never been a big Van Halen fan, but I've liked some of their songs. But obviously, I know how talented and awesome Eddie Van Halen was. So to see his son, who was really playing the guitar really well, I mean, really well. And, you know, his band, it, it, the music isn't my thing, but it fit. Uh, he did a good job. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not disappointed and I'm not, like, overly excited about it. But he did a good job. Um, but Guns N' Roses went on about 8.15, 8.20, pretty early, because I remember the days of Axel rolling on stage at 9.30 when he's supposed to be on at 8, um, or midnight <laughs> back in the day. But, um, and they didn't stop. They did not stop. They, they, it, was, it was a true rock and roll concert. Not a lot of interaction with the audience from Axel. Um, he, he goes in waves. Um, he's always kind of been that guy uh, where he would talk and, and, but not really interact a lot. You got some bands who will and, and others that don't. He, he does to a degree, but nothing, nothing you know, spectacular, which is fine. I don't really care. But the level of production and the sound, and uh, I'm telling you, I was blown away. You know, I almost didn't go. You know, there's, 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 a, there's an issue there that, that I'll talk about maybe some other time. But um, I'm glad I went. And it was, I mean, three and a half hours of music. Like, you, it, unbelievable. I, don't, I mean, now, unfortunately, I had met a couple people up there to talk. Uh, just people I, I, I kind of met through various, I don't know, events. We were not exactly buddies. And they were going to be on the podcast. And we recorded it. But it was very hard to hear, very difficult. We did it even outside the American Airlines Center, and it just was very difficult and hard to hear. So I do apologize. That whole segment just, just got trashed. I couldn't edit it enough. I just, I just couldn't. So maybe, you know, for future references, when I do a live podcast from a concert or something like that, I need to set up a spot even further away from the event or, you know, just really do something different. But I felt this was important because, again, this is one of the bigger concerts. And there was probably close to 30,000 people there. This was not a, you know, half sold out concert. It it felt weird because everybody's been dealing with COVID for the past almost two years. And then now we're all sitting next to each other, jam packed like sardines. But it was an amazing concert. But, you know, on the negative side, and I have to say this, there are things about these large concerts that make me not want to go anymore. And I, I don't know of another large band that I will truly go see. I, I, that's not true. Foo Fighters. I have never seen Foo Fighters somehow. I love Foo Fighters. Uh, Luke loves Foo Fighters. Obviously, he's too young to go. So I, I definitely want to go there on my list. But as far as large, big bands, I don't think there's any that I want to go see. Um, I probably won't go see Guns N' Roses again. I imagine who knows if they're even going to, when they're going to come back around or if they're going to come back around. It's not because it wasn't a good concert. It's just because of how expensive things are. 
So let me paint this picture. We already know that parking at a concert is outrageous. You always try to park a little away from the venue to just get the best parking and safe parking, but not expensive. The way they had it set up, and I don't know why. I don't know if this is because of the concert, COVID. I don't know. I don't know what else was going on down in Dallas that day. The typical spots that I would park at when I went to the AAC were not open. Matter of fact, they were, they, they were just closed. Like I couldn't even get to the parking lot. And they're like, you know, three, four blocks away where you can walk. There's other parking areas three, four blocks away, but they were still charging 30 bucks. Now it's 30 bucks to park directly across the American Airlines Center. Why would I spend, spend $30 to park away? I guess maybe to avoid some of the traffic. But if I'm going to spend 30 bucks, I might as well just be right across the street in a parking structure where I can get to my car. We're going to sit anyway once it gets out. <clears throat> but all the places were gone. And then some of the other places that would accept cash, which I didn't have any, they weren't allowing you to park there. They would literally say no parking for American Airlines Center's events. And they had people there. So it wasn't like I could sneak in and hope that nobody would, would find out that that's where I was going. Because what if I got towed? That's what I want to deal with is getting my car towed in Dallas. I didn't want to mess with it. So I had to park directly across from the American, American Airlines Center and pay $30. Before I even get into the door, I'm paying $30 to park. <sighs> just to sit, just for my car to sit. And that place was packed because, again, it was a big concert and there wasn't a lot of other parking options. I can't believe the amount of money they probably made. When you think about, you know, close to 30,000 people there, how many cars were there at 30 bucks, an average of 30 bucks a pop. So that sucks. So then I go inside the concert. Now they had, they did a really cool setup outside. They had a big, uh, you know, trailer from a semi-truck and it was all painted, Guns N' Roses official merchandise. And they were selling it outside. So you could buy your merch before you even got inside the door. And they were moving people pretty quick through the lines to get in. Um, and they were separating people. They were doing the best they could for COVID protocol. You had to wear your mask anytime you were walking around. Uh, and I did see a lot of people wear them. I saw a lot of people wearing them through the show. I didn't wear them through the show, but I saw a lot of people uh, wearing them. A lot of the places were closed. Uh, some of the bars and stuff, but you could get beer and, and food and, and all that. They didn't have everything open. But as far as the merchandise goes, I thought that was cool to have an option to buy it outside and eliminate some of the line for inside. So I started looking because I knew. I was like, I want to buy something. And I thought about a T-shirt or a hat. I already know that concert T-shirts are expensive. $50 T-shirt for a T-shirt. 50 I'm like, yeah, pass. The hats were $30. That's kind of average, but no, the hats weren't even, they just weren't that cool. They were not, if they'd have been 20 bucks, I might've been like, yeah, okay. But 30 bucks for a mediocre hat, no. And Guns N' Roses has a great marketing machine. So they come out with cool merch. That's why I was a little surprised on the hats not being that cool. $10 for a koozie. $10 for a Guns N' Roses koozie that was not really special. Just had the logo on it. Um, I saw kid shirts. So I was like, I'm going to get one for Luke. You know, forget it. Forget me. I'll get one for him. Even if it's a little bit bigger, he'll wear it when he's older. 40 bucks. 
They had like a Guns N' Roses tote bag, so you could put your stuff in, 20 bucks. And just, it, the prices were outrageous. I'm like, you know what, forget it. I'm just gonna go inside. So I went inside the concert and they had a lot more merch. They had a lot of merch everywhere. So I started looking, some of the same prices, some different. Well, Guns N' Roses has been doing this really cool thing with limited posters. They're not, I don't even wanna call them posters because they really just look like artwork, but essentially they're a poster. For each city, it has its own design and they had one for Dallas. Matter of fact, I got one from Detroit and uh, I'll post a picture of that on Instagram um, because it's really cool. I got it, my buddy got one and sent it to me. Uh, he said he found it and took it and sent it to me. So I don't know what that means. But after seeing how much they were, I really hope he didn't buy it. And if he stole it, then well, I didn't steal it, but he probably shouldn't do that. Um, so I looked and I saw one. I had a guy that had reached out to me on Facebook saying, hey, man, I heard you're going to the concert. Can you pick me up one of these posters? I'll, I'll PayPal you right away or Venmo you right away. And can you ship it to me? I'll pay for shipping. I'll pay, you know, 20 bucks over. He just really wanted it. And I was like, yeah, I'll help you out. Because in my mind, I'm thinking it's probably like a $20 poster, maybe $10, $15, between $10 and $20. They were limited. They were 300 posters they had for the show. One poster per person, $50. I didn't buy it. Even for that guy, I didn't buy it. I'm like, I'm not. I felt bad, but I'm like, I'm not waiting in line. They're selling out like crazy. I'm not buying this poster because by the time I get there, I don't even know if they're going to be there. And that's all the boom. That's the rest of my money I brought with me. What if something happens and I need to get home? What if, you know, <laughs> my phone dies. And by the way, my phone cracked and broke, but that's a whole different story. Um, I'll get into that on a, a different show or something uh, just because I, I'm tired and my throat hurts. Um, so I didn't do it. I'm just looking and I'm like, but they, now they did have some other old classic Guns N' Roses posters for $20, $15. But I'm like, I can order those online for probably seven. So I, I didn't buy any merchandise at all. And I don't feel bad about it. I would have felt super guilty if I would have spent $50 on a freaking t-shirt. So that was, the, that was one of the negatives. Um, and again, I know that merchandise is really big. Uh, at concerts, so they have to make a ton of money off it. They don't have to, but they choose to. I, I think I think that and the parking alone, I mean, it just makes you go, what What am I doing here? Imagine going with like, you know, you're, you're going on a date. You're bringing your wife, your fiance, your boyfriend, girlfriend. You spend, you know, let's say you get an average ticket of 70 bucks. You spend 150 bucks on tickets, you know, 160 when you add the fees. You spend thirty dollars at parking. You're already at two hundred dollars before you open the before you get in the door. Inevitably, you're going to buy something because you're on this date, right? Most likely. So let's say you buy one T-shirt at fifty bucks, two hundred fifty bucks. Then you guys are going to buy something to drink, a couple beers. Let's say it's not even beers. Let's say you just buy Coke, like I did. You buy a Coke. Well, if you buy a large Coke, it's like eight bucks. So that's you're sixteen dollars. You're you're at like almost two seventy. Before the concert even starts, you buy something of food, like you buy some food, burger, chips, uh, forget it, a small little crappy Pizza Hut pizza like I got, that's 12 more dollars. You're almost at 300, you're at $300 essentially before you even sit down. And inevitably, 
as you watch the show and there's two people, if there's one person, you can say, hey, I'm not going to get anything else. But two people, someone might get thirsty again and you're going to buy another drink and then watch the concert. $300 for a show? Now, I'm not saying that every concert's like that, but that's what these big shows are like these days, which is why I'm not going to go back. Now, again, to see Guns N' Roses adjust the way they did, to watch Slash play the guitar and basically watch his fingers catch on fire because he's so fast, and, and watching Axel just get up there and have a good time. I mean, not only did he have a good time, I mean, you, you could tell he was just very excited to be there. And he put everything into it. He's a performer. He can't hit all the notes like he did back in the day, and, but he adjusted. He also didn't try. Uh, and most every song that they did sounded good. There was a couple songs, a couple of the ones that came off uh, the Chinese Democracy album, which weren't great songs to begin with, in my opinion. But, and they didn't sound that great. You know what I mean? They, they sounded okay. Um, they were later in the night. So he's probably pretty beat down. But November Rain, Don't Cry, Sweet Child of Mine, Welcome to the Jungle, Night Train. Even, they did a song, they do Pretty Tied Up, which isn't one of my favorites. It's a, it's a great rock song, but it's not one of my favorites. Um, they sounded great. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Paradise City. Uh, he did songs perfectly. When, I mean, November Rain was probably one of the most perfect songs I've heard him do. I mean, they wheeled the piano out, and, and it was great. The rest of the band, looking at Duff, watching him be sober and clean and look normal. Uh, I've never been the biggest fan of Duff. Um, I know he has a purpose in the band, but he's never been like, I'm never like, oh, man, I love Duff. You know, he's just never been that guy for me. He was great. He added to the band. Like, I saw his purpose, um, you know, now that he's sober and not on drugs and drinking all the time and, and everything else. But it was definitely a rock show, and it also showed me that rock and roll is dead. I'm going to take a drink because my throat hurts, so bear with me. Yeah, it showed me that, and, and what I mean by rock and roll is dead is that the current climate in the rock and roll genre these days, it's not about changing and developing it's that it's just not rock. It's just not. It's not even a style. I have a headache, so I took some pills. Not from drinking. I just like the loud music, and I'm dehydrated and tired, and I'm a mess. I, I felt like I was up there on stage, like, performing for the last three and a half hours. Um, it's just not the same anymore, because nowadays you go to some of these modern bands. It's not to say they're not talented or not good. They don't put on a show like that. They don't even have the, the longevity to put on a show like that. Half the bands that are out there, that have been out there over the last couple of years, are already dying off when you, like, as far as the rock world goes. The quote-unquote alternative rocker. It's not even alternative rock. I don't know what to even call it because it's not rock. It's more like pop rock. They're dying off. They don't have the longevity. So they couldn't put on that concert if they wanted to. Because they don't know how. And it's not a matter of that's not what, you know, they don't want to make it big. They're not big. It's just, that's just the way it is nowadays. That's why you have bands like Guns N' Roses, Foo Fighters. And even at some point, the Rolling Stones, I mean, God rest his soul, they were still out there doing it. They shouldn't be, but they were. 
But you got like the Eagles coming back around. I don't care about the Eagles, but rock and roll is, is, is all but gone. You know, you have My Chemical Romance, one of the newer rock bands finally coming back to do a tour. You had Rage Against the Machine coming back. It had perfect timing. You know, Smashing Pumpkins, things like that. But, but nowadays, I mean, tell me a rock band that's going to be worth it to go see a show and still pay a couple hundred bucks just to get there. You're not going to find one. So it's, it's definitely an experience. It's definitely a rock and roll dream and a rock and roll check mark on the list to go see Guns N' Roses. Here we are, you know, in 2021, almost 22, seeing them after this whole time. I mean, since I've been listening to them since eighth grade and watching them just cement themselves in, in history even more. So it was great. Uh, I'll give some more details on it, you know, I'm sure down the road as they comes out in conversations. But I am hurting. I apologize for the, the segment that, that got. That's just life, man. That's what you do when you podcast on the road and you, you just kind of wing it. So this is the end, though, of season four. Season five will kick off uh, very soon. We've got a great season ahead. Another short story from The Average Joe. We've got uh, talks about Chicago, uh, fifth grade camp. Uh, we've got a live, another live podcast coming up. We've got some really, really cool stuff. Uh, coming up on season five, new platform and new sponsor. Yeah, just moving on. I'm the freaking Jeffersons over here. Watch out, Seacrest. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. I will see you guys soon. I am calling it a night.